Good evening and welcome into another edition of Gateway to Baseball Heaven. I'm your host, Daniel Sharp. I'll see 70 at the bat at C70 on Twitter. Sitting in again this week is David Jones from iPop Editor on Twitter. Uh, David, you know, we're recording this as the USA is starting to wrap up their semifinal win tonight. Um, really, I think the people of America need to recognize that the Cardinals got them here and uh, you know, hopefully they'll do it again. It has been very Cardinal centric tonight. Negative. That is the key word tonight is negative. <laughs> That's also Nolan Arenado's yes. x-rays are negative. Thank goodness. A uh, little bit of a scary situation. Everything was rolling really well. And then I'm like, Oh, did we just have an Altuve situation mm. again? But no, things are negative. So Deep sigh of relief. And now we can actually talk about the game. And yeah, um, I was a little nervous coming in tonight, knowing that it was Wainwright and Michaelis, which why should I have ever doubted these guys? They're gamers. But I thought, you know, if somehow they go out and they look terrible, you've got the whole country pointing fingers and like exactly. mad at the Cardinals for for this. You know, why are you letting the old guys pitch and stuff like that? Um, but Wainwright looked good uh, a lot a lot of fluky stuff in the first inning where the ball doesn't leave the infield bases loaded nobody out they only get one run um i was i was very nervous going in and yet wainwright looked like the wainwright that we saw last year velocity was up to about 88.6 i think is where he topped out he had another pitch 88.5 still not where we want to see him but much better from where he has been and then on top of that, a Goldie home run. Nolan's hitting the ball hard. We see Michaelson pitching well. Um, the Cardinal way is now the American way. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. And you're right. I, you know, the to have all this and then it, it'd be a, a game that was pretty much in command in command. It had just kind of gotten that way. And then for Nolan to get hit was a little bit scary, but thankfully everything was resolved very quickly. And it's you know, I don't. I don't want to get into the the whole hot takes of cancels the WBC or anything like that, but I don't remember in the past having huge injuries like we've had. You know, two of them with uh, Diaz and then Altuve. Um, again, I don't. It's something that could have happened in spring training. Probably, you know, being hit by a pitch is more likely to be hit happened in spring training with some of the wild, you know, young pitchers that are in the spring trainings. But it's 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 hard if you're, you know, if you're a Mets fan or if you're an Astros fan, it's kind of hard to, you know, at least if they're wearing your uniform when they get hurt, it's, it feels like there wasn't much of a choice. Yeah. And, you know, I hate seeing those injuries. Um, I don't want to call them fluke injuries, but Mm -hmm. baseball is not really a contact sport now NFL. Yeah. You know, the, the irony with the NFL is they, Shortened preseason to prevent prevent injuries, but then added a game to it. I, it added the, I, I don't I don't know. I just I can't put words together because it seems so dumb to me that you're going to say you're going to prevent injuries and then add a 17th game. Baseball's not really like that. I mean, you have injuries that come, but they they really are fluke injuries. I mean, a guy celebrating injuries happen. Yeah. Eh, that doesn't happen that often. You know, we saw it with Jake Peavy a long time ago. <laughs> um, but you hate for that to happen. But the thing is, it, I can only view the WBC through American eyes, and it's not nearly as popular over here 
as it is in other countries. Mm -hmm. And so there are people slamming the WBC. I I saw a stupid outtake, and I hate saying calling people's opinions stupid because people are entitled to their opinions. But what Keith Olbermann had to say was absolutely stupid and crude and asinine. People making comments like that, they're only seeing a very limited view. For countries like Puerto Rico, the Dominican, Venezuela, Cuba, you know, this means more to them in a lot of ways. Now, I know with Cuba, there's some political issues going on with it. Mm-hmm. But you looked at the, the game between Japan and Korea. There were more viewers for that than the highest rated World Series game of all time. So the world has bought into this more than the U.S. has. And as a result, the players have as well. Injuries are going to happen. I don't want them to happen. But to say we should cancel this or we shouldn't send players or we should send college players. No, no. No, no, yeah. no. Um, this means so much more to people from other countries who can represent their country, who have come through some of the craziest and worst conditions, and that can proudly wear the name of their country on their chest. Um, talk to those guys. Diaz isn't saying he wants this thing canceled. Yeah. Um, talk to anybody playing on these teams. They are playing for pride. And for them, I think some of this means more than actually what they do during the regular season. I'll yeah. stop my rant right there. <laughs> but Keith Olbermann really sent me down a path that made me a little angry the other day for what he said. And um, Keith needs to keep his mouth shut. Well, there are some that traffic and hot takes, um, whether it's, uh, you know, the attention seems to be the the issue more than what they say. But uh, you were talking about the, you know, the name on the front of their jersey. Uh, that's for everybody except for Great Britain who can't keep their name on their jersey. But that's, <laughs> that's it was obviously a very successful thing for Great Britain too to, to win a game and really seem to have a lot of force. And I think it's just going to make those games uh, against the Cubs this summer in London will be probably even more um, exciting for those fans and for us watching um, than they probably would have been otherwise, because there's going to be a little bit of heightened interest in baseball. And that's the whole point of this whole thing, right? I mean, granted, some of these teams that we're seeing now have that, you know, Mexico, Japan, the you know, the Caribbean nations, just like that, but to be able to build it in Great Britain, in the Czech Republic, in you know, places that you don't, you know, the Netherlands, the, the places that are not considered baseball hotspots to get people talking. And, you know, at some point in time, there's going to come players from those spots. Um, and in part because they saw these guys and got excited about how to play. Yeah. I mean, you think back to the original dream team in basketball at the Olympics. I mean, how many kids in other countries grew up watching that and thinking, I want to play basketball. I mean, we saw the European European explosion happen after the 92 dream team. Mm-hmm. And so I think this will inspire and continue to inspire. Now, now baseball is already incredibly popular in certain countries, but for other countries, it's not quite there yet, but it's going to continue rising up. And then you hear stories about like Freddie Freeman playing for Canada to honor his late mother. Do you mm-hmm. really want to tell him that this is just a meaningless exhibition? No. And then I hear the story about um, one of the players from the Czech Republic who basically his full-time job is as, as a, an electrician. He doesn't play baseball. The, the baseball thing's on the side. He strikes out Otani. And after the game, Otani asks him for his jersey that's autographed by the team. I mean, cool moments like that that you are not going to get during the regular MLB season. Um, This thing is so special. I would love to see some of the best pitchers in the U.S. take part. And I wish the country would get behind this more. 
uh, some of that may have to do with putting it on a channel that everyone can see and not putting the games at 9 p.m. at night or 10 p.m., yeah. depending on where you live. But I, I overall, I think this tournament is a beautiful thing. If the U.S. was not in it, I'd still be watching it. I'd be cheering on Yachty or I'd be cheering on the Dominican Republic and how incredible that lineup was or cheering on the underdogs. I, I think this thing is beautiful and I hope it continues to grow. I hope we don't see that four years from now this thing lessens and we have lesser talent because of potential injuries. And I don't think so. There are going to be teams and there are going to be situations where they're not going to want to send a player. Um, you know, and and I get that. Um, and that's the, the right of the team to some degree. But, you know, I think it's also going to be only in situations where, you know, a, a new guy that comes in, kind of like Wilson Contreras this year, or a guy that, you know, has, you know, coming back from injury, things of that nature. Um I I do think that a little little bit of the flukiness of these injuries probably means that teams will, you know, necessarily won't necessarily hold back. And uh, you know, again, that's all. Everything's a negotiation point, right? You know, if 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 a guy wants to go play for his country and you don't let him, well, you know, if he's coming up for free agency in a year or two, that's not going to help your case any, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, there is some some give and take in that regard as well. So. Uh, yeah, I'm interested. I mean, this has definitely grown from the first one in 2006, and I think it's got more of a following than it did. You're right. It, you know, it could be better. It could be stronger in America, but I think it's gaining some. Um, maybe that's just because we're <laughs> interacting with baseball fans, and so it just <laughs> seems like it should be. But um, I think it'll be very interesting. To see. But it also, you know, tonight's win, big, right? Huge, but also great because you got to figure that a lot of fan bases, especially the one on the North side of Chicago, really feeling a little bit of angst over this, right? I mean, at one side, they're happy that America's winning on the other side. They have to give credit to the Cardinals. And (laughs) that's just, I mean, they're probably very happy that Trey Turner one didn't sign with St. Louis and two is providing some offensive highlights because otherwise, if you kind of have to, you know, give the give the credit to the WBC to the guys that are normally wearing red. That's that's hard for uh, for because you know Cardinal fan and the Cardinal fan base. I don't think it's as strong as it used to be, but there's a little bit of jealousy slash you know distaste for, for the Cardinals around baseball. So to see Adam Wainer go out there and you know keep the team in the game and and have the lead and have Goldie and Arenado, you know, doing all their damage. Uh, yeah. I think that's going to be a little bit of, you know, you know, that Larry David type of yeah, you know, where he's looking at both ways like, eh, yeah, but okay. But you know, so <laughs> I don't know. I think it's fun. Yeah. And it gives you a chance to kind of dream a little bit. Like you kind of see this lineup and you see, you know, Goldie and Arenado back to back, but you're like, what would it look like for Mike Trout to be in the Cardinals <laughs> lineup? Um, Mookie Betts, uh, Mookie Betts actually went to the uh, middle school where my wife used to teach, oh, cool. um, which incredible bowler. He's actually a better bowler mm. than a baseball player. It's, it's, it's amazing. But like, I see him, you know, Nashville's own Mookie Betts and I'm like, what would Mookie look like in a Cardinals uniform? You know, you kind of get to see that tonight. Um, and, you know, hey, Trey Turner is on our team right now for a couple days. Trey That's Turner's right. on our team. And hopefully our friends in Chicago will actually embrace us for a little bit. I, I mentioned last week I was a sad North Carolina Tar Heels fan. Well, you know what? I hate the Tennessee Volunteers. 
But yesterday when they beat the Duke Blue Devils, I was a huge <laughs> Tennessee Volunteers fan. I've never sung Rocky Top before, but man, yesterday I was screaming at the top of my lungs because they knocked out the rival. So hopefully for just a little bit, you know, I even think back to the last WBC, the Yachty Baez moment, mm-hmm. uh, throwing him out, stealing Baez doesn't even look at the tag. He points at Yachty like one of the coolest moments of all time in WBC history. Cardinals and Cubs right there at the time. Yeah. Um you know, you, you put that aside just for a little bit. You cheer on your country. Uh, it's just it's just a great event. And I hope it just keeps on going. And you mentioned, you know, some teams may not let their players come. We didn't really hear about that this year. I think they keep that kind of quiet and close to the vest. But John Smoltz brought that up on the broadcast tonight. He said, you don't realize how many front offices wouldn't allow their players to come. Um, and so uh, we're going to sound like rights holders and homers, but you know, major credit to the Cardinals for letting 17 guys go and play, mm-hmm. letting their guys go across the literally across the world to you know multiple time zones away to play in these other countries uh, that are going to be dealing with jet lag. They're going to be tired. You know, Tommy Edmond, I'm sure it took him a while to adjust. Lars Newtbar still going strong. You can't slow him down. But major credit to the Cardinals because Mo Gersh. The DeWitts, they could have easily said, no, this isn't happening, or we're only allowing players who are going to stay in the U.S. to play, but they didn't. They didn't put any restrictions on this. I think it's a wonderful thing and, and major credit to them. And as a result, you can turn on any of these games, watch any of these teams, and you're going to see a Cardinal playing. Yeah, I think the only person, what, Kershaw didn't come because insurance, he wanted to come, but yeah, you know, the and he was devastated. Covered. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's one of the few that you can and think of, you know, and it, it would be difficult to, you know, not one and not the other, but um, yeah, I think it is. It's, I mean, the Cardinals had more people go, you know, than I think anybody else did. And um, it is pretty cool. So we've talked a lot about the Cardinals that aren't in camp. Let's talk about the Cardinals that are. Um, and before we get too deep into the, to the, there's a lot of details and stuff, but look at a game like today and I know it's spring training and I know it's, you know, not a big deal, but the Cardinals get down five to nothing. And they come back and win eight to seven. They're doing this without all these guys that have gone to uh, the WBC. I mean, some of them, Edmund and such are back, but I don't think they were playing today, um, especially since it was a, a road trip. The way this team has played this spring, especially without some of its big bats, uh, you know, I'm really kind of getting excited about what this team could look like when the season starts. Now, again, you know, season is a little bit different than what we're seeing here, but it feels like this team is putting his stuff together without the big bats. And we know how it fired up the big bats are going to be when they get back. Um, so, I mean, what do you feel like? Is this, is this team, has this team grown on you since spring training started? I get a little more excited each day about the offense and I get a little more eh, about the pitching. Mm. I, the starting pitching has looked okay. Uh, at times it's looked better than other times. I think we know who our five starters are and that's pretty set the bullpen. You know, some days I'm like, Hey, they're looking great. And other days it's like, Ooh, that's, that's a little discouraging, but I think this team's going to put up runs. They're going to put up a lot of runs. You've seen most of the starters hit the ball and hit the ball hard. And that's whether they're playing in Jupiter or whether they're playing in the WBC. So I I'm excited about that. They're going to put up a lot of runs and offense is fun to watch. I'm just not sure what to think about the pitching at this point. And I feel like that's something we've been saying for like the last five years where we're just not entirely sure how good the starting pitching will be. And basically 
that's what's going to drive this whole thing. I mean, they can win the division with so-so starting pitching, but they can't go any further unless that the starting pitching is at least top 10 in the majors. And I don't think it's there yet. It may not be. Um, and again, it's it's so hard to know who to be excited about. You know, you know, are they facing minor leaguers or whatever the case might be. But, you know, Stephen Matz, uh, an ERA of 154, 12 strikeouts, three walks. Uh, Flaherty has 10 strikeouts, three walks. His ERA is a little bit higher. We've seen good stuff out of Matthew Libertor. Um, Zach Thompson has looked good, although he'll be a, you know, a relief piece. Um, you know, even, you know, Jordan Montgomery struggled, has struggled some. And it, it I don't, like I say, you're right. There, there's still a little bit of work to be done in the pitching staff. And it's not going to be, it's not going to be the, you know, Scherzer Verlander type of, of rotation, but you know, it, you're right. It doesn't have to be. Um, and if this could be a, this could be a top 10 rotation in baseball, which I think it's possible, you know, probably you're looking at nine or 10 if it does, but if it does and you pair it with the offense that it's going to have, they're going to win a whole lot of games. And that's going to be, I think it's going to be a fun summer. Yeah. And health is the key. Now, yeah. Matt's has really impressed me and you can mark it down right now. I'm, I'm putting this on the board. If he is healthy this year, he is top two in ERA for the rotation. I, I'm, I'm close to even saying he may be the top um, Cardinal pitcher when it comes to ERA, but I like his stuff right now. It's looking really, really good. And you mentioned Matthew, Matthew Libertor. I think, and I could be wrong, but I think right now, if one of the starters went down, I think the Cardinals might bypass Hudson and they might bypass Woodford and they would put Libertor in the rotation. His stuff, not only do his numbers look good if you just look at the mm. box score, but his his ball is moving. And that's been the issue with him is that his fastball, he could throw it 95-96, but he's throwing it straight as an arrow. And at this league, you know, if, if your fastball doesn't move, it's going over the fence. But his stuff is starting to move. He's adapted a new pitch. His curve has already been really good. I think he has the makings of people talk about back of the rotation and I think that's probably where he's at right now but I think this guy could be a three or four by season's end because his stuff is really looking good right now and it's going to play especially with this defense behind him yeah and that's I mean that's something that the Cardinals would like to see right I mean we've kind of waited on Libertor in you know 2020 again like with all these guys did not do him any favors you know kind of cut that year of development off um, and so when he came up last year and didn't just, you know, dominate everybody, I think we get a little bit of hesitation and he struggled a little bit at triple A at times too. So um, to be able to see what the Cardinals saw in him when they made that trade uh, is huge. I, I agree. I, I don't know if he jumped Woodford. I think Woodford might get the first shot at it um, depending on situations and such, but it really feels like it's very hard to see how Dakota Hudson doesn't, you know, start at Memphis um, this year because I mean, you look at those spring numbers and again, spring numbers, whatever, but 17 hits in 8.2 innings, uh, four walks, three strikeouts, an ERA over six, uh, you know, a, a whip of almost two and a half. Um, you know, batters hitting 415 against him. We watched him this more today and it, you know, the, the first couple of innings, well, most innings, they were, there was a lot of hard contact. Even when the balls were out, there was a lot of hard contact. It's really with the pitching that they have and the fact that Dakota Hudson has options, 
it just seems like you send him to Memphis and you don't even think about bringing him up until like June or July um, because he needs, he needs some time to work some stuff out. Yeah. Can we play a little like quick game? I know we didn't sure. even talk about this, but just, I, I want to, I want to throw out a name and I want you to say yes or no. on whether you think the guy is making the opening day roster for the Cardinals, okay. just with the, just with the bullpen. Yeah. Cause because I know you've got your roster kind of figured out. So I do. And, but the, the points you've brought up have been so good that I, I think we may be thinking the same thing, but I'm curious. So okay. I'm just going to throw out the name and you just tell me yes or no. If you think they're on the opening day roster, okay. Dakota Hudson. No, I'm with you. Um, Packy Naughton. Probably not. I, I, I agree. Uh Jojo Romero. Um no. I mean no, I don't know. I mean, they're gonna have to have some lefties, and I don't know which ones, but I don't know mm-hmm. that any of those guys have stood out. So I'll say no until I've run out of spots and I have to put somebody else. <laughs> Jake Woodford. I think Woodford probably does as a long relief guy because they're probably going to need some guy you know with Wainwright with the possibility of some other of these guys I think he probably does and I just don't think they want to sit him down after a good spring I think he's going to be the number two starter at Memphis but that's and that's fair I could I could see that but my my gut feeling would say he at least starts the season in Mm -hmm. St. Louis yeah and part of it is I'm just I'm running out of guys that are on the list um Mm -hmm. Zach Thompson I think Thompson's in your bullpen. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm, I agree with you. Uh, Wilking Rodriguez. Well, he's going to have to be. Um, or he goes back, back to the Yankees. Yankees or yeah. if they can't work some sort of trade out. Um, I think he's looked good enough that they can at least start with him and see what he can do and probably very limited opportunities to start with. Okay. Let me throw two more out there because I'm assuming <laughs> Pelsley, Gallegos, Cabrera, Hicks, sure. and Palante are already there. Uh, Chris Stratton, who, you know, they gave him the contract. Um, I think, I think probably because it's not typical of the Cardinals to have signed him and then to cut him like that. I, I could see it, but I, my feeling, because I'm not sure that he's earned it, and I, and again, we're running out of spots on the roster, but I feel like it would be a little bit strange to see him cut, so I'll say yes. That's the one I've been struggling with a lot, and I, I'm with you. I think he makes the roster because of that contract, but I'm not sure how long he lasts. I don't right. think yeah. he's there long if he struggles. So then Drew Verhagen, who is out of options. I think that the Cardinal, I mean, he's he's been, you know, the numbers look good for the spring, and there's not been... I mean, not a whole lot of, you know, five innings or whatever. The Cardinals have seemed to be high on him. And I think the Cardinals want to get something out of that contract, right? Um, because last year there wasn't there. If he's healthy, yeah, I think he goes he goes north and he's, you know, a sixth, seventh inning guy. I, I don't know exactly how they use him, but I think he goes north. I that's I'm hung up on that because if the Cardinals have a bullpen of eight, it could come down between Stratton and Verhagen to for that final yeah. spot. And that's, but it's, you're going to have to make a huge move with one of those guys. And mm-hmm. I think it was an article back in February, but the guys at Viva Alberto's had mentioned something about possibly that they try to pass Verhagen through waivers and that maybe because of his $3 million contract that um, no one makes a claim and that he's able to go down to AAA and start there. Uh, but that's going to be a really tough decision. And I, so we're going to have to see some movement because I think you can 
pretty much, I think six of the eight spots are pretty much set. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know what they're going to do. So I, we're going to have to see some major move made before the season starts. And it's, and maybe, maybe they don't have their minds made up yet. Maybe they're still going to let things play out. Stratton did not look particularly good today. Um, so maybe each guy's going to get a few more outings and they go from there. But um, it's, we, we've mentioned before, it's not a bad problem to have or to have a lot of good arms, yeah. but it is a problem nonetheless. Yeah. Did you count, did you count Hennessy's Cabrera in there? Is that what I heard? Yes, today? I did. Yeah. See, um, that's, that's another one that I'm, I'm not a hundred percent sure on. I think you're probably right, but if he has options and I want to say he has one still, um, you know, his struggles at the end of last year um, might, I mean, he, when he's good, he's good. And that's always kind of been the case with his prayer, right? When he's on, it's lights out. You just don't, I guess, never know when he's going to be on. I, he probably comes North because of his experience and such like that. And they do need, you know, probably him and um, Thompson as your lefties, but you know, with Plante having reverse splits, you know, it, you, you could make the argument that maybe um, he doesn't come up north, but yeah, he probably does. And so. I just looked it up. According to Fangrass, he does have an option left. He has one mm-hmm. option left. And he's one I had not considered, but yeah, because he did finish the season there. And because of his struggles, there is a chance that maybe he doesn't make the roster and that you do have both Strat and Verhagen who possibly come up, or maybe it's, Packy Naughton and one of those two. Yeah. Um, it's yeah. going to be interesting to see how this plays out because we could also see a little 40 man adjustment just depending on how things go. Well, and I mean, you look at these guys and we're talking again, we're talking about what they've done this spring, but you know, uh, Plante two innings this spring, you know, um, you know, Verhagen with five. Uh, Packy Naughton's actually had 7.2, which is probably pretty good for the kind of role he's going to have. Um, but nobody on this staff until you get into the, the starters is over 10 innings. So, you know, we're talking about, you know, minuscule samples and trying to decide what they're going to do it. And that's kind of what they have to do. Right. I mean, they're taking a lot of other things into consideration and the in metrics contracts, what they did last year. There's all this kind of stuff, you know, Connor Thomas isn't going to make this team. I don't think because of so many, he, he could in some years, but he wouldn't this year. Um, so, you know, trying to decide what you're going to do. I mean, guy like Jordan Hicks, yeah, he's going to make it, but he's had a, he's had, although he looked better in his last couple outings, he's had some rough outings as well. I think it does. I think a lot of these decisions, and we talk about competition and things of that nature this year, a lot of these decisions are probably going to come down to what do you do in your last outing or two? I think that's another reason why, you know, I think Dakota, you would kind of see an article today about Dakota Hudson maybe feeling the pressure today. And, you know, giving up five runs and, you know, an inning or two. Um, I think that these guys are going to probably feel a little bit of that. It's going to be whoever steps up and, and pitches well over the next, you know, two weeks is who's going to get to go ride around in the trucks and the car and the convertibles. Yeah. And I didn't even ask about Matthew Liebertor because I think it's probably just determined that he's going to start at Memphis and yeah. in the rotation. But I mean, you could have a starting rotation at Memphis that could be. Dakota Hudson, Jake Woodford, Matthew Liebertor, Connor Thomas. You got four guys mm-hmm. that could all easily be up in the big leagues, either in the starting rotation or the bullpen. Um, so there, you've got the reinforcements there. I don't think the Cardinals are going to be 
having to shop for, you know, you're not looking for like that double A guy to come up and make a spot start because you don't have anybody else. Um, We may see the Memphis shuttle uh, running pretty fast, especially beginning of the year. If the Cardinals need to use like a six man rotation, which could also play a role in, in how they do this. Yeah. I I would be surprised that if the Cardinals did a, they've they've always been, I mean, granted Marmol's here now, I, it may be different, but they've been always fairly resistant to a six man in part because I don't know that the pitchers want it. Uh, you know, Adam Wainwright has talked about wanting pitch every fifth day. Um, they have an off day, of course, the first, you know, the, the Friday, right after opening day, they have uh, two more in April. So they may not, you know, the, that kind of rest may play into it. I would, I bet they go five. That's what I'm trying to get at, but I mean, you never know for sure. And there may be a guy that they want to put in a spot start or something like that. Um, I agree. The, the shuttle, the back and forth with the, uh, you know, the idea that you can only option a guy five times, you may see a lot of different guys rotate through, but um, there, you know, it's like we said, I think last week, you know, we, we can talk a lot about the opening day roster, but it's going to change pretty quickly and pretty often. And I think really probably the easiest thing to do is just to kill two birds with one stone and bring up Mason Wynn and let him play shortstop and come on your bullpen. Just, you know, just same game, you know. Sure. Yeah, just, you know, let him throw 99 from short, let him throw 99 from the mound, and only one roster spot, you know, bing, bang, boom, done. So solve that problem right there. I'm I'm sure the Cardinals are going to listen to that. Yeah, should be. I'm really a little bit surprised because there was some talk when he was drafted about him being a two-way player. You know, of course, we see what, Shohei Otani does and obviously we're not saying that Mason Wing can be Shohei Otani but you know with that kind of arm you know maybe he could have done something of that nature and they yeah he got one one outing I think his first year after being drafted you know late in the season but that's the only time he's been on the mound as a professional so um and and given the way he's played I mean Mason Wynn I I'm very interested to see Jordan Walker and I'm you know we'll talk a little bit more about him in a minute but I don't think there's a prospect that excites me more, probably because I'm, you know, a guy that came up in the eighties and, you know, Ozzie Smith was my favorite player, but I don't know that I've seen the prospect that excites me more than Mason Wynn in quite some time. Um, and I am, I know he's not going to be in St. Louis until at the late of the year, probably at the earliest, but I am really excited to see what this kid's going to do on a regular basis. It takes away a little bit of the sting of not getting Trey Turner or another shortstop. I I know people say he he will be the Cardinals Trey Turner. I don't think we want to put that much on him, but he does look like a great all around player. And I was listening to the best podcast in baseball, Derek Gould's podcast, and he Mm -hmm. had Tom Ackerman on. And Tom was talking about sitting down with Jordan Walker. And he said one of the things Walker was doing was praising Mason Wynn. And he was like, he hits the ball a long way. And that was Jordan Walker saying that about <laughs> Mason Wynn. And so that 420-foot shot that he hit in spring training was no fluke. I think right. I've used the word fluke a lot tonight. <laughs> but uh, it, that's something that we may see more often. It seems like the power is coming. And so it seems like he may have the potential to be maybe a 15, maybe even a 20 home run guy. But the bat is starting to catch up. And so we're going to see a guy who can play some great defense, an unbelievable arm, uh, who can fly around the bases. But once that hit tool really starts coming on and the power starts cranking up a little bit, yeah, we're going to have a really exciting player who we, we're going to get to watch side by side with Jordan Walker for many years to come. Yeah, it was uh, I was listening to the Play and Catch podcast and they were talking, uh, you know, it's possible 
that Jordan Walker's your uh, rookie of the year this year, Mason Wynn next year, and then maybe Tink Hintz the year after that, um, which would get you back to the the old A's and the old Dodgers who seem to monopolize the award for a while there in the 80s and early 90s. Um, but yeah, that's that's the exciting thing. And then it's, you know, and you, you know, put all that young talent with the t- talent that you've already got up here and then the big, you know, the veterans that you've got on the corners. And, you know, it's exciting time to watch this this team. Um, Cardinals did make a 40 million move this week. They tried to tried to sneak, it sounds like Freddie Pachinko through the 40 man roster, 40 man uh, waivers to get him off the 40 man roster. The Tigers were not napping. They took him, but the Cardinals now have a free spot on their roster. You know, everybody immediately jumps to the conclusion that it is for Jordan Walker. And it very well may be. But it seems strange to me the timing of this. Um, It feels to me like if you're trying to, you know, you're not still not 100% sure if you're going to take Jordan Walker, even if you are, maybe you wait. Maybe you wait and see if somebody doesn't get hurt. And then, you know, last minute when you have to make a move, then you try to put somebody on waivers. I mean, it's, you know, here, it's possible that, as you were talking about earlier, Wilking Rodriguez maybe doesn't pitch very well in the next couple of weeks and they have to offer him back to the Yankees. Well, there's a spot right there, right? Um, so on a guy that apparently was a fairly fairly decent prospect, a relief pitcher with uh, you know a good arm, it seems a little bit strange that they went on this route when maybe they could have waited. Well, I don't want to jump into conspiracy theories, but Albert Pujols was in camp recently uh, <laughs> visiting the team. I mean, is that his music playing? Is that here? Nope, that's not happening. Um, I think Albert is really enjoying his time off. Uh, Albert may not be in the best shape of his life. Um, he's not necessarily in Tyler O'Neill shape from what I saw at the NBA All-Star game. Uh, yeah, it, it seemed a little odd, the timing of things. Um, that's a move that I think you make this week or next week when you have your roster finalized and you know what your opening day lineup is going to look like. So when I heard that, I thought, okay, obvious thinking here is this opens the door for Jordan Walker, but is there something else going on? Are they signing somebody? I'm like, okay, does Profar make any sense in this lineup? No, not really. And now he's a Rocky. So no, that's not going to make a difference. And so I'm like, okay, is there a trade coming? Are we about to see someone that needs to get added where we were getting rid of a prospect and bringing somebody in that needs to be on the 40 man? We haven't seen that develop. So it, it's a, it was a very odd move because of the timing. I don't think it's an odd move in itself, Mm -hmm. but it's still lingering out there. And I, I don't know what to think of it. I mean, you know, they may add Jordan Walker to the Florida man tomorrow and everybody gets excited and they could still start him in Memphis. Who knows? Right. right. But th- there's something going on. There's a reason for that. That wasn't one of those, like, you know, as far as we know, not like a disciplinary move or something right. where you just release a guy. Um, by all accounts, there's something brewing. We just haven't quite seen the end result yet. Do you, th- do you think this is, does this mean Jordan Walker is inevitable? I don't know that it does. I think, I think that I know you're right that they could add him to the 40 man and then he would have to go and he could still play in Memphis, but I don't think they do that. I mean, he can play in Memphis without adding to the 40 man. So if that's what it is, he's coming, coming North, but I don't know. It could easily, I mean, it also is possible that, you know, Pachinko was hurt. They thought, okay, don't do it at the end of it when people are paying attention. Maybe we could just, you know, sneak one through. 
I feel like front offices are smarter than that. You know, I mean, if some, you know, they're not just going to ignore the waiver wire because it's you know, a couple of weeks before and they haven't finished their roster, especially a guy that can go to the minors. Um, so that was a little bit weird. It's also possible they're looking at somebody else um, on this spot. I mean, we've seen over the last couple of days, uh, Taylor Motter play a lot of position and do pretty well, right? Two home runs on Saturday. I uh, played shortstop today. Is this a possibility where they're looking at maybe adding him as a short-term thing if the season starts with Paul DeYoung on the injured list? Like it looks like, right? I mean, it's very difficult for me to see how Paul DeYoung doesn't benefit from starting the season on the injured list the way he's going now. Is it some sort of, you know less than exciting move like that that that's going to wind up being the the case instead of a jordan walker i can't really see that i don't think you make that type of move um i don't know that modder i think what 33 years old he's been around for a long time it even though people haven't heard his name i mean the guy was born in the 80s he's nobody knew he's kind of been a career minor leaguer career quadruple a player um, now, if you go to baseball reference and look at his picture, you're not going to recognize him. He's listed at 195 pounds, and that is not him anymore. <laughs> um, he's added some power in the last couple of years. He's now like a 20-plus home run guy, and he's got some pop. But he's he's not the type of guy that I see that you would lose a pitcher like that for. And I, I think if that was going to happen, then maybe he's already been added. I I just don't see that move happening. I think for the time being, if Paul DeYoung's got an injury that's going to limit him a little bit, um, I think that's why we've perhaps been seeing Brendan Donovan take some reps at shortstop. Um, And so that would be my guess, that you're starting the year with three middle infielders, with Donovan, Gorman, and Edmund, and you just kind of rotate those guys around. Now, if it's going to be an extended injury for DeYoung, which it doesn't sound like, but then maybe you're doing something like that. But I... That seems like such a a small minor thing to demand a forty man move. So I, I can't see that. Do you think there's a chance that that's what it is? I mean, probably not. Um, you know, and I will say um, that you know all I knew of, as I was talking to uh, uh, Kyle on DMs today. You know, all about the only thing I knew about Taylor Modern was that his name had been talked about a lot. I didn't really didn't know much where he came from, but he did feel like that kind of cardinal devil magic guy, right. That comes up and, you know, maybe gives you that month of really good stuff and people get all excited about him. Um, knowing that he's 33 is does, does kind of put a wrinkle on that. So you know, I, I, I don't think so, but I do think that if there was a trade coming, it's not a prospect for major leaguer type of trade. It's, let's take some of this value that we have with all these outfielders and all these arms and, you know, put two or three of them together for somebody better. So then you'd be clearing 40 man spot that way. Um, so, I mean, you talk about it and talk about, it, talk about it. It really does feel like it's gotta be Jordan Walker, but the timing is just weird unless they just didn't. And they may not have been as high on Pachinko. Maybe they weren't sure about his injury. Maybe there was something else. Maybe the fact that, they have a lot of really strong arms in the bullpen right now. I mean, we've talked about it, right? We're talking about guys that could make the team, but could go to Memphis and, you know, they're, they're pretty hard throwers, a lot of them in there. So maybe they felt like that was a place that they had 
some extra. Um, I don't know. It, it's going to be kind of interesting to see over the next few days to see if something does come of that. I, I hope you're right. I hope they're brewing something to make it a little bit more interesting than just adding Jordan <laughs> Walker because I mean, there's just a lot of questions about what was going on there. Yeah, and I, I will say as the days go by, I become a little more convinced that Walker is making the team, which I was mm-hmm. adamant that he was not sure. making it. Right. And I will say watching him today, there were some times of some off-speed pitches. He looked really bad, um, mm-hmm. and that's going to be a learning curve. I hope that's something he can adjust to quickly. That's one of the reasons why I thought he would start in Memphis is because some of that off-speed junk that guys throw, um, he, he's going to see a lot more of that in regular season games and he's singing spring training. He's getting a lot more fastballs. Um, I did miss his double today. And so I went back to watch it because I wanted to see if he's been driving the ball Um, because he's been hitting it hard on the ground. He had a double the other day, almost 116 miles per hour off the bat, but he hasn't been necessarily driving line drives. So I went back and I saw he had a double. I thought, I'm going to check this out, see if he actually drove it. It was a pop fly that the outfielder just completely misplayed. I mean, it easily should have been an error on the center fielder, easy can of corn, and he just totally missed it. So I was like, yeah, that's not what I was hoping for. But, I mean, Walker's still hitting 360-something at this point. And so I, I think unless we see him just completely fall off the earth in the next week, I think he's on the team, and I think he's on in the opening day lineup as well. Um, I, I think I'm now more like 75-25, that he will be on it. Uh, but I, I, there's still a little uncertainty with me that he officially is. Yeah. I mean, we've talked about it, right. That he needed to play well the last couple of weeks because that's when the games get important. And that's when you see a lot more, you know, pitchers actually going after you. And I think there's still, there's still doubt there. Um, again, it, it makes that 40 man's <laughs> opening a little bit weird unless they just wanted the flexibility, but um, I I don't know. I think that uh, it will be interesting to see this next week. You know, he, he can't hit 400 forever. I mean, we knew that, right? I, I think we knew that. Um, <laughs> it's hard to know with Cardinal Twitter for some degree, but um, you know, he's still been he's still been incredible. And I mean, I think it's telling that you know, Marmol's still batting him third, right? I mean, he's not. They're not burying him at the bottom of the lineup. They're putting him in big situations that it reminds me of what I remember reading about Tony LaRusso and, and, and Albert Pujols. And I'm not, not necessarily, again, not comparing Walker to Pujols, but just the idea of we're going to keep throwing things at this kid until he can't do it. Um, and so far, you know, he hasn't hit that level. Now, the next couple of weeks may tell a different story, but if he can, you know, handle, you know, hitting third against, you know, Max uh, Scherzer or, or whatever the case may be, then, you know, maybe there's something there. Well, let's assume he makes the team for a second. He's that Mm -hmm. fourth outfielder. They're kind of rotating guys using the DH. Uh, My thought was if he makes the team, and we're doing a lot of ifs here with this, but if he makes the team, if Paul DeYoung is healthy and Paul DeYoung's on the team, um, then my thinking was along those lines that Burleson is probably the odd man out because Mm -hmm. I think – that Yepes will have to be the backup to Goldie at first base. You got to have somebody that can play first. Um, and I figured that's going to be Yepes. However, today Burleson starts at first base. <laughs> is it possible that the final roster spot is coming down to Burleson versus Yepes? I think it's, it's possible. 
I think it's, I think there's a good chance of it. I'm not going to say that that is for sure, but um, I think there's a lot there. I mean, like I said, it's, it's so hard because the Cardinals do have so many guys. I mean, I could see them sending Burleson back, but he did so much at Memphis last year that it's hard to know if there's anything left for him to prove down there. But the same thing about Juan Yepes. And Juan Yepes, he has a postseason home run, right? I mean, he is one of the few bright spots of last postseason and has played well enough at the big leagues that it's hard for me to see them sending him down too. But they're going to have to do something because – if Jordan Walker makes his team, I know we're talking about rotations, but Jordan Walker's going to play most every day. I think I, you know, I don't, I don't know that they call him up here to play 70% of the time or 60% of the time, maybe, but I think they would rather him play a hundred percent of the time in Memphis for two months than, than that kind of rotation. And that would give them time to sort it out. You know, we've had this same discussion, but I, I'm like you watching what they've done makes me feel a lot more like he's coming north where as two two three weeks ago i would have guaranteed that he was going to start memphis yeah one of us did guarantee he was going to start in memphis and feels like a big dummy right now and pointing <laughs> the finger at it myself um now something connected to that because all these things have moving parts with how it works but you know i was I, in my head i thought well burleson's definitely making this team because they need him to be that lefty in the dh role um, when they're having the platoon, someone who is quietly having an incredible spring right now is Nolan Gorman. Yeah. And I mean, the guy is hitting 324, hit a home run today. He's got three home runs. His OPS is over a thousand. Um, the guy is looking really, really good. And I'm wondering if that could also be playing a role where if the Cardinals are looking at that and going, you know, Gorman can be our either be a second base or it can be our everyday DH mm-hmm. against right handed pitching. And suddenly that makes maybe Burleson not needed as much, or maybe Yepes isn't needed as much because then you've got the other outfielder coming in. I don't know, but it's one of those things I feel like if if it wasn't for Walker and if it wasn't for Wynn right now, we'd be talking a whole lot more about Nolan Gorman sure. and how good he looks because yeah. um, he's getting overlooked right now. And that might be a really good thing because he's kind of quietly able to do his thing. I mean, his, his on-base percentage right now is 419. I mean, that's just, that's incredible. And people should be so excited. And I think a lot of people still are. Um, but there were so many people this offseason that were saying, oh, the guy's a bust. We need to trade him. Let's trade him for a catcher or let's trade him for a pitcher. His name was involved in every single trade mm. possibility out there as though this guy's 28 years old and he just hasn't put it together. No, he's 22. Um, the guy had limited playing time last year and he hit 14 bombs. Um, he's still learning the position and the Cardinals had to fix that hole in his swing, but I'm really excited about what he's showing. I mean, you've got him showing he can hit the ball. He's getting on base. All of a sudden, Brendan Donovan showing power out of nowhere. Um, there's some exciting things happening right there from the left side, but it's second base or the DH role. But I do think some of that could influence Yepes Burleson could even influence how Walker's used and what the Cardinals do at that final spot. And as I think I've brought up every time we've talked, there's still a possibility for a trade in the works mm-hmm. because of the depth that the Cardinals have, because you're going to have some major league ready guys that are getting left off this roster. Yeah. And I think not only is Nolan Gorman doing well in spring, Nolan Gorman took what the Cardinals told him to work on this off season 
and did it. And I think that, I think that you can't send a guy down that's producing that, you know, took things to heart and did that. And then telling, well, there's a number crunch. You got to start Memphis. I don't see them doing that. So yeah, Gorman, I think is probably, yeah, the, the second base DH, you know, rotation with the, the idea that he's going to play third on the, the three days, uh, 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 first in the first half that Nolan Arenado doesn't play third. Um, so yeah, I, I agree. I think there's a lot there. You're, and he's still the youngest man on this 40 man roster. Um, at least until they add Jordan Walker, but, um, you know, it, and I want to tell you, it hurts me to look at this roster and see people born in the year 2000. I mean, that just doesn't stop it. Feel right. I stop know. it. It's just wrong. Let's talk about modern again, please. <laughs> Um, so uh, it's just, it's just remarkable. And you're right. There's, I hate to see some of these guys not get that opening day call. Now, again, we're talking about, you know, if, if Jordan Walker comes up and as much as I don't think they want to send him down, if he struggles after the first month, then yeah, maybe he goes to Memphis and Burleson comes up, you know, that kind of stuff. I mean, just there's there's going to be rotation and things of that nature going on, but um, you know if if Lars Newtbar doesn't hit like we think he is, um, then Japan will take him back. But um, <laughs> you know, but I mean, maybe you've got a spot there. I, there are a lot of variables that we're still still trying to figure out, and um, it's nice to have the rock solid, you know, anchors of this, you know, at catcher at first at third. Um, but there's, you know, there's more moving parts here than we've seen in oh, quite some time. Um, it's going to be fascinating to watch over the next next week or so. Um, we've gone well over our normal time, but um, is there anything else out of this week that you've, you found interesting? I I want to keep my eye on the backup catcher situation. Mm-hmm. I, I think Kisner has that probably locked down, but he is not hitting well at all. Yeah. And... I don't think anybody jumps him at this point. Um, but yeah, that, that is a concern for me. I, I know you can say that, you know, sp- spring stats don't matter and that's true. But if Contreras is catching 120 games, 130 games, that's a lot of games still for Kisner to catch. And the bat's going to have to play to some extent. Um, he can't hit 111. He He really doesn't need to be hitting 200 this year. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm very curious to see what happens with that and who knows? I mean, maybe at some point the Cardinals try to find a backup catcher, somebody, a a veteran that can come in behind Contreras, maybe that may be a trade deadline deal, but that that's the other thing I'm looking at. And other than that, it's just keeping my eye on what the pitchers look like. Um, and, and of course that guy named Mr. Walker seeing how hard he's hitting the ball. Uh, but I, I feel like, Maybe by the time we talk next week, we may have an idea of what the 40, not the 40 man, but the 26 man looks like. Well, we darn well better because it'll only be like, what, two games left after we talk next time <laughs> around. It's it's uh, amazing that spring training is getting done this quickly because there'll be, what, opening day is the 30th. I think that uh, there's two days off. I think the 27th may be the last game. We may be just one day away from end of spring when we talk next time. So yeah, there's a lot of things that could shake out this week. Could be, could be fun to watch. So, and it's kind of crazy to think like, you know, we've got team USA that's going to be playing in the finals. 
Mm-hmm. Newt may be playing in the finals too with Japan, depending on how their game goes. These guys are not going to get much time back with the team before they all head to St. Louis. Um, I, there is a little bit of a benefit as Cardinals wise for your team getting eliminated a little bit early. Mm-hmm. Um, give Tommy Edmonds some rest and, and kind of let him get acclimated to what's going on. Uh, but these other guys, you know, Newt, he's still in the heart of things. Um, you still got the competitors going with Goldie and Arnato. Um, hopefully that hand does not swell up or hurt for Nolan. Uh, but I will say the good thing is these guys are already competing right now. Um, and they're not rookies, so they're not going to have to get to like learn their teammates, new names or anything like that. Um, and they're hitting well, it'd mm-hmm. be another thing if they were hitting like 125 or something, if they were pulling a McNeil or an Alonzo, but they're not. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it's weird to me that the world baseball classic is going to end and these guys are going to have like five days. And the season's going to start. Yeah. Um, they'll be ready. It's just they haven't been in camp very long. Yeah. And the good thing is now, I mean, the championship game is in Miami, Florida. There's not a lot of jet lag between Miami and Jupiter. Um, <laughs> so it's not like when Edmund came back, when, you know, some of the other guys came back and they had to kind of ease them back into it. I mean, uh, Nolan and, and Arenado. I mean, um, and Goldie may play Tuesday night, uh, win the championship or not, but hopefully win the championship. And then, you know, Wednesday afternoon, be back out there. I, I would not rule out, especially Nolan Arenado playing the next day in the spring training game. If it's in, if it's at home, I have to look at the schedule, but I, I, you know, that guy, I, I think he would go straight from that to the spring training game. <laughs> yeah, and it you're right. It does. It makes it a whole lot better. It's got to be tougher for the players whose teams are out in Phoenix right now or in the mm-hmm. Arizona area. Because um, I heard even like Miles Michaelis stopped in and worked out with yeah. at, at the team facility. Um, it's probably also nice that his homes in Jupiter as well. Uh, but yeah, that's not a huge deal for them. For some of the other guys, it is a big deal. Um, but yeah, it, it, one of the th- the cool things is though the Cardinals have guys that just love playing the game. Mm-hmm. Um, it it's not necessarily about a paycheck for them or getting more money. As we saw with Nolan this off season, they just love playing the game. They love playing for their country. They love playing for the Cardinals. Um, and so, yeah, I have no issues thinking that they're not going to be ready to go. Um, I just hope they're not tired. Yeah. yeah Wednesday's game is uh, a Marlins game. So it's they're in Jupiter. So, um, and I mean, from what we've seen against the Cardinals do against the Marlins, you know, you want to, wouldn't necessarily take a hundred percent from those guys if they wanted to just get back out there, but uh, be interesting to see uh, what, what they do. But uh, yeah, it's a lot of, a lot of interesting uh, things to talk about. We'll talk about more of them next week. So until then for David, I'm Daniel. Good night. Go USA. Hey Cardinals fans. Thanks for listening to this week's show. If you liked what you heard, you can find us on iTunes. Just search gateway to baseball heaven under podcasts and click subscribe. While you're there, feel free to give us five of those little gold stars or even a quick review. And tune in next time as we break down another week in baseball heaven.